0: do it one more time, I promise. Here we go. This is good. He's had seven career number one singles and has released four studio albums and two Christmas albums. Brett Eldridge, please welcome yourself to Country Heat Weekly. <laughs>
1: hello, hello. Welcome Brett- myself. Here I am.
0: <laughs> Brett Eldridge. <laughs> Brett Eldridge, welcome to welcome, Country Brett Heat Eldridge. Weekly. Welcome,
1: Brett Eldridge. How are you? I'm doing great, actually. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate I it, swear I
0: swear I do you, this bro. for a living. Uh,
2: We're back together again in the studio.
0: I'm Amber Anderson. Welcome to a new episode of Country Heat Weekly. That's right, I'm Kelly Sutton. Everybody in our crew has been tested. We are healthy. Amazon even brought in a COVID protocol specialist to make sure that we stay that way. So here we go. Yep, we got the hand sanitizer. High five. We're back. We're
2: back. Clean high
0: five. Yes. That's perfect.
2: (laughs) And if you're new to the podcast, Kelly and I are in Nashville. We both work in the country music industry. I'm more behind the scenes on the publishing and management side of things. Kelly is the one that you see and hear talking to all of the stars (laughs) on red carpets and on radio shows.
0: Well, you do that now too. That's definitely part of what you do. Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Amber and I have been friends for a long time. We're both big country music fans. We just love to chat about the artist and the music that we love, and it's something that we're going to be doing anyway, so why not do it in a podcast? And now we get to do it with all
2: of you. We have a lot to cover in the next half hour or so. Brett Eldridge is here with us today, which is just crazy for me. I mean, I've
0: known him for a long time, but y'all go way back.
2: Yes like Raymond days. Mm -hmm. For those of us who have been with Brett since the beginning, his very first single. We used to go see him all the time around Florida. Actually saw him at his very first CMA Fest in 2011. I actually have pictures of
0: us from that day and from shows that he did at little bars around Florida. I can't wait to see these. You have to post them online. Do it on social media. Follow Amber on Instagram. Hey, it's Amber A., I need to see those pictures. I found some old pictures of when he came to visit us when I was working at a news station and he was going to try his hand at being a news anchor, like sitting on the (laughs) desk, doing the poses. Yeah, I'll be sure to put those out there as well. We have lots of old pictures of Brett.
2: Lots of Brett content to share. It is always so fun to watch someone you followed from the very beginning do what they love and see all of the awesome things that he's done in his career since then.
3: And now you're going to
0: be interviewing him for one of the biggest media platforms in the world. (laughs) It's kind of full circle.
2: It is crazy to think about. I really cannot wait to catch up with him. But what else
0: do we have going on today? Okay, get ready. We're digging into the new Mary Morris song on our Heat Index. It's definitely one of the hottest songs to come out in the last week. And like we do every week, we'll wrap up the show with a burning question.
2: And in our Rediscover segment this week, we will celebrate the influence Ray Charles has had on country music.
0: He'll be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame this year, as he should be, you know, so his groundbreaking project, Modern Sounds in Country and Western Music, was the first country project to top the Billboard album charts and be certified gold by the RIAA. We have had
2: this plan for some time. We actually do a lot of research for the Rediscover segment. Yeah,
0: shout out to Annie, our amazing research queen. We love her. Yes, we could not do this without
2: Annie. But you know, Kelly, I do want to say before we get going, it's actually been another tough week mm. for artists and fans of color in country music. Yeah. And while I refuse to pretend like things aren't happening, I've set a boundary in which I don't want to give much energy to any of the situations that have made news this weekend that seem to directly perpetuate division and the very issues that we're trying to eradicate. (laughs) But I will say there continue to be problematic things happening in country music, and country music is making news for all of the wrong reasons. And one of the things I'm most proud of is having this platform and this show to amplify each and every voice and explore the true origins of country and do our part to help Bring about change?
0: I mean, it's really what we're trying to do each and every week on this platform is uplift so many diverse voices. We're talking black, brown, white, gay, straight, trans, male, female. Country music is for everyone. And that's what we keep telling everyone. It's like, let's build a bigger table for everyone to come into the country music family.
2: Yes. And so one of the things I do want to address from this weekend is that Mickey Guyton shared a horribly racist tweet um, that she gets a lot, saying that she doesn't belong here. Mm-hmm. Um, go back to rap, R&B, don't you have all of these other genres and formats, which seeing that most people's first emotion is anger. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, being a Black woman, working and existing in country music, I can say we're tired. <laughs> it's exhausting. I did see Jimmy Allen comment on her post and say, Just another Saturday for us. And she was getting a lot of support from other artists of color. But this is happening every single day. And I think for most of us, the outrage is there, sure. But sheer outrage left us a long time ago. It's beyond that now. It's exhaustion and frustration. And when what was captured in that tweet has been thrown at you in different ways throughout your entire existence and you're constantly being shown by some people that racism is not a deal breaker for them it's just exhausting. So I know in sharing that, she wanted to get that message across. I'm sure that's what she was trying to display is that in all of the positive ways that we are seeing change being made. Like, this is still in existence and we have to continue to fight against this at every turn and we can't let up and keeping that at the forefront. So I'm just so happy that we get to cover amazing talents like Mickey, Jimmy, Breland, Kane, all of these other artists who are proudly owning their space and paving the way for others to do the same.
0: Well, and I think the thing that's so important about what Mickey did, that was a direct message that was sent to her. Yes. That was something that, Shows up in her inbox mm-hmm. that somewhat, some coward decided they would do anonymously or through those channels. And for other people that don't have access to what's happening on her social media channels we would know that those things are happening. And for her to bring it to light and say, hey guys, yeah, this is real. This is what I get on Mm -hmm. a daily basis. And it's not the first time she shared something like that. I remember a few months ago, same thing. Mm -hmm. So for everybody just to educate themselves and go, there are still people out there that are doing these things, making these horrible statements and trying to make Mickey feel like she doesn't belong when it's quite the opposite. Like Mickey is what we want in country music right now. She's a shining example. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's so strong, it's so interesting that you said, you know, we're not angry, we're just tired. Mm-hmm. Cuz I I could see where you get to that point. I I can understand where that's probably how she feels when she shares this. Her only comment was bless their hearts.
2: Right. You what else can you say? These are these are people with deep ingrained thoughts and learned behaviors and The only thing that we can do, again, is call it out, Mm -hmm. hold people accountable. Accountability is so important. I can't stress that enough. And I think that if there's one thing, as a Black woman working in country music, I want to see accountability. And I want to see the support really happen and not just be talked about. And we can get there. It's just going to take It's going to take everyone doing their part. And I'm happy that we have this platform
0: that we get to try to help in that. Absolutely. Mickey, we love you. If you're listening, you know you can come hang out with us anytime. We would love to have you here. And we're glad you're a part of our family. First things first, we need to catch up on what's making news in Nashville. This is where we find out what's cooking.
2: So since we last chatted Kelly, the Grammy Awards have been postponed. Yeah. I was a little afraid that was going to happen. Such a bummer for all of our country friends who yeah. are nominated.
0: I mean, these are the times that we live in, right? The Recording Academy and CBS issued a joint statement saying that the health and safety of not only the country music community, but also the hundreds of people who are working to produce the show is really their top priority. And there were just too many risks out there and unknowns with the Omicron variant for the show to happen on January 31st.
2: No new date has been announced in And it's going to be interesting because we are in full-on award show season right now. Not sure where they're going to squeeze in a big show like the Grammys.
0: You know, the last time that they had to postpone, they ended up doing it in March. So I don't know if that's kind of the same timetable that they're working off of. I know we're bummed, especially for Jimmy Allen, our guy who was here. He's been campaigning tirelessly for Best New Artist Award. We had him on the podcast, I think it was episode three, and he talked about representing country music in the all-genre category.
3: Just creating music and being me got us that nomination. The cool thing is I get to represent country music in the
2: midst of all these other genres. That was that was made it so special.
0: I mean, that was a great episode. So check it out if you haven't done that yet. When you're finished with this one, hop on over. You can listen to that one. What else is happening, Amber?
2: Well, a new year brought new album announcements
0: from two of our country friends on Amazon's Artist to Watch list. Okay, just in case anyone missed last week's episode, Amazon Music announced a list of 50 artists to watch in 2022. Nine of them are country artists. And in last week's podcast, we ran down the list and told you a little bit about each one of the country acts. If you missed it, you can pause this right now, go check it out, and come back.
2: (laughs) So first up, Connor Smith Mm -hmm. has a six-song EP coming on Friday, January 14th. It's called Didn't Go Too Far, and he wrote five of the six tracks. Then our girl Morgan Wade is releasing a deluxe edition of her album Reckless at the end of
0: this month. And this is pretty interesting because Reckless was originally released in March of 2020 on an independent label. This deluxe edition adds six more songs, but it's being released through a major label, which basically means there's going to be a bigger marketing budget and a promotional team working on it. So we're going to see a lot more of Morgan Wade. Go, Morgan, go. We are rooting for you, girl. Amber, did you see that Little Big Town and Miranda Lambert are reviving their bandwagon tour? I did, which is very
2: exciting because I missed it last time around.
0: I didn't see it either. They did this back in 2018, and the reviews were phenomenal. For a big chunk of the show, both bands are on stage at the same time.
2: Fifteen dates scheduled so far, but unfortunately, the closest they come to us, I think, is Noblesville, Indiana. Hey, I'm happy to head up to my
0: home state. I don't mind that. And they also have two shows in my home state of Florida. Road, Road Trip. trip. Temperature check. It's time for the Heat Index, where we dive into some of the hottest music on the Country Heat playlist on Amazon Music. And the beautiful face on the cover art of the playlist right now is Maren Morris, who just
2: dropped a jam that is pretty much her life story. It's called Circles Around This Town.
0: I love how she references a couple of her early hits in the song. Did you catch that? A couple water songs and the ones that finally worked was the one about a car and the one about
1: a church that I wrote.
2: I did, and I think it's brilliant. You know, I read that she was hesitant to write something so personal at first, but she absolutely made the right choice here. It literally is her story of moving
0: from Texas to Tennessee. She wrote this with her hubby, Ryan Hurd, and Julia Michaels. I mean, Maren said she really had a tough time writing over Zoom. She's been really open about struggling during quarantine to feel creative. Of course, she just had a baby, too. So, I mean, there was a lot happening. Ultimately, she said that digging into the process of creating her third album really pulled her out of that pandemic funk
2: I cannot wait to hear more from album number three if they're anything like the first two
0: absolutely me either okay Marin, if you're listening you know that you are welcome to come hang out do the podcast with us whenever you like so we can talk about that new album come see us so Amber what else has been catching your attention on the playlist
2: well, just when you thought, oh, no, summer's over. We've run out of boat songs. Jake Owen to the rescue. <laughs> he completes the current hat trick with Drunk on a Boat.
1: Drunk on a Boat, out on the water. Find a good spot, pull the out, and drop her on down
0: to the bottom. Thank goodness. I was really worried there for a minute. So we had Old Dominions, I Was on a Boat That Day, from their album, Time, Tequila and Therapy
1: as walk away, I can't
2: say. Yep, and then Zach Brown band's lead single from their album, The Comeback was Same Boat.
1: We're all in the same boat. Fishing in the same hole. One the same
0: time. I mean, we're pretty good at themes in country music, right? Usually it involves <laughs> some sort of alcohol. Like there's gonna be a bunch of songs about beer or tequila on the playlist. So boats are a nice change. There are still plenty of songs about
2: alcohol on the list, though. Exhibit A, Wishful Drinking by Ingrid Andres and Sam Hunt.
0: Okay, check out what Ingrid told me about getting Sam to sing on the song. When I wrote it, I was like, you know... Sam would sound really good on this song. And I haven't collaborated with anybody yet.
2: And I've been such a huge fan of his and his voice. I feel like when his album came out, I was still a songwriter for other people. And I was like, this dude has got like some serious sauce going on. So I literally just hit up his team and was like, hey, if Sam has time, I don't know, he's busy. I know he's really cool and important. But if he wants to be on this song, that'd be great. Okay, bye. Um, So I wasn't expecting him to say yes at all. I was just like, he's too busy. But he ended up really loving the song and was a big fan. So here we are. Duets are another big thing on the playlist, I've noticed. You've got
0: Cole Swindell and Lainey Wilson, Mm -hmm. Kane Brown and Her. Dirk Spentley's Beers on Me with Hardy and Breland. I mean, there are a bunch of them. You can check out the entire Country Heat playlist on Amazon Music. Oh, can we tell people that Breland is going to be our guest on the podcast in a couple weeks? I think you just did. <laughs> Keep that between us. Okay. <laughs> Amber, I'm going to read you this quote from an interview I did on TV a couple years ago. I want to see if you can figure out who said that okay digging into the tv archive here so this person was talking about how much they loved their job and they said ask anyone who does it and they'll tell you if they take the microphone out of the stand they feel like they're in their living room who said that keep listening and we'll tell you right here on country heat weekly We're back, and it's time to tell you who said that. So who said that once you take the microphone out of the stand, it's like you're in your own living room?
1: Well, I love it. Anybody that does it will tell you when they take the microphone out of the stand, they feel like they're in their living room.
2: Okay, wait. I know that voice. Mm -hmm. It's not a country artist, though, is it? No,
0: it's not. Let's play the next little bit of the interview.
1: I love stand-up. I've always loved it. It, It's it's better than therapy because you uh, don't have to pay for it.
0: Okay, so it's a stand-up comedian is it did you interview Bob Saget I did I know isn't that so sweet with his passing last weekend I was watching an interview I did with him that's on YouTube I thought I'd throw a twist on who said that this week plus I thought it was a great way to kind of honor him so I love that were you a Full House fan are you kidding (laughs)
2: like every 90s kid I know every episode in and out I watched Fuller House too I even went to see The Painted Ladies and The Full House House last summer when I was in San Francisco.
0: You know, he was just such a joy to talk to and absolutely loved what he did. I got to see his stand-up when he was here in Nashville after interviewing him, and he was the coolest guy. So really missing him, and I know a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah, definitely. Our heart goes out to Kelly, his wife, and all of his kids, and we're just thinking about Bob. Brett Eldridge first came on the scene in 2010 with a heartfelt song called Raymond, which was inspired by his grandmother's battle with Alzheimer's. It was four years later that he won the CMA New Artist of the Year Award. He's had seven career number one singles. He's released four studio albums and two Christmas albums, including his most recent project, Mr. Christmas. Brett Eldridge, welcome to Country Heat Weekly.
1: Great to see you all. This is yeah. so fun to do right here. Thank
0: you, Thanks man. for being here.
1: I'm glad to be here.
2: We've been looking forward to this one.
1: Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to let you down.
0: <laughs> you just wrapped up 2021, which was super busy. Mr. Yeah. Christmas, yes. by the way. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. I'm so glad that you finally took I that non because We've been saying that forever anyway. Yes. So I'm like, yes, he's finally claimed that. That is, just, <laughs> that is now what we're calling you from here on out. The Christmas tour, of course, was a huge thing for you. Yes. And you've been doing that for a while. So... I want to talk about 2022. How has the year started out for you? Do you yeah. set a certain intention at the beginning of the year?
1: <sighs> yeah, but more of an intention guy than a, than a goal. Yeah. It's like, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a recovering perfectionist, as I like to say. I guess my intention this year is, I guess, after the last two years of not getting to tour much, then getting to finally tour again, it was like, <clears throat> my interactions and my everything I do, I just want them to, to be able to give my full self and not sign myself up for too many things to where i like i want to find that balance of the things i love i want to be there for myself i want to be there for others but you gotta you gotta make sure you don't overextend yourself and i've, I've learned that over the last several years but it was a crash course <laughs> for sure yeah so i think this year just like um you know really taking my time to enjoy creating music that i love that i'm really passionate about and not be afraid to go against the grain it's like and and put out things that might not be the exact thing that is expected but it's like That's what has made all my favorite artists people that I love. And so that's what I'm going for.
2: Yeah. Well, speaking of new music, Christmas Eve Santa came and brought us new bread Eldridge music. Can you tell us about Holy Water? I've
1: been on the verge of breaking. Couldn't find my way out of here. I wrote this song um, in my living room. Uh, with Mark Trussell and Heather Morgan. And Heather, I've written a lot of yeah.
0: mm-hmm. You've known uh, stuff together. you for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I wrote with her today. Yeah. <laughs> we just, literally
1: just came from the studio with her. And I, we had been listening to just some really awesome soul music, you know. And I and I, I love a lot of R&B and soul music. And and uh, we started watching YouTube videos and, like, different things. We're just listening to different inspiration. And, and um, we had this soulful thing on the piano, and started singing you are my holy water you are my river deep and it just started pouring out no pun intended It just started pouring (laughs) out and uh
2: we like puns around here (laughs) yeah
1: um and uh and so it was just a a really special thing and and this i got to go on with dave cobb and record it it was so cool and and just a organic experience like and that's the it's i feel like on this song you hear my voice i get to even hear my voice as a singer more raw and out there than i've heard on any of my stuff so i think it's just uh, something new and different for me in, in in a in a special way that i've been kind of waiting to get my voice out there like that and and it's a powerful song that i think has very many layers a lot of different layers to it the, the reaction i've got from the fans already has been really amazing so it's a good when
0: start the choir comes in i mean <laughs> yeah that was like goosebumps So who's idea was that? Dave's idea? Was that your idea? No, the Jordan. choir is me,
1: okay, and Heather, and Mark. Really?
0: Really? And, uh, oh my yeah. gosh! Oh, I, I literally <laughs> thought you just You're went like... over to church around the corner and knocked on the door and that's, said, "Come on!" Well,
1: and I and I, I want to do something like that. You know, I want to I want awesome. I want to do a live choir performance and just really raw and stripped down like that. But no, that's all of us singing together, and they're both great singers. We all. Started stacking them up and just singing, and it was oh, really cool. Yeah, I try new things. I think that's good to not completely stay in your comfort zone. Right, it's scary, but it's not. I, I started my journey of learning to be vulnerable after a lifetime of burying things. You know, I mean, like I think a lot of us do in a lot of ways. So you've
2: been more open about your mental health journey mm. and going to therapy. Why has it been so important to you to share that side of yourself?
1: Being a kid growing up in middle of nowhere Illinois, it was like. It's not like there weren't therapists there. I guess I'm sure there probably were a couple, maybe one. I don't know. So it's not my parents' fault. It's not my fault. It's just how it was. Then I got really successful with my music and everything and chasing down everything so fast and, and burying things and just focusing on work. And I've had a great life. Don't get me wrong, but there's still, a f- if you hide the parts that, you know, you never really let heal, they're just going to get buried deeper and it's going to, it's going to catch up to you and it caught up to me at a point where i was just i wanted to, i wanted to retire like i wanted to quit i am gonna quit basically just like i don't want to do this anymore i'm not getting any joy out of it anymore i'm so worn out i'm so burnt out on it and i would be so anxious almost pass out when i go on stage and nobody knew that and that was the thing is nobody knew it at all and then i was like screw that i can't do that anymore how do i do that and i tried every you know route in the beginning of medication or whatever I would try that didn't it made me feel not right I'll take a melatonin and I'll freak out I could take a vitamin and feel weird from it so it's I'm not saying medication can't work for people or anything but for me I was like I gotta go full-on natural approach I'm gonna get a go for the therapy thing I'm very uncomfortable going to the therapy thing but I'm gonna try it and it was not scary at all I went and I was like this is the best thing I've ever done I started learning things in therapy like Pre-show dance party. Get out of your head and into your life. So we'd put on like Barbie Girl or whatever it is, like the, the the like the most non-serious song you could think of, and you start dancing to it as ridiculous as you can. This ways to like shake off that nervous nervous energy. Get out of your head and realize that you're you're catastrophizing a lot of things in your head, mm-hmm. and uh, and get into your life and get into things that you actually do love to do. This and so I started to learn skills like that that sound real simple and they are, but you have to really Go down the path of like learning different tools and taking the tools and not taking yourself so serious and start having fun like you had because we all just want to feel like we felt when we were kids,
0: right?
1: And I still try to find that every day. And there's some days you find it more than others. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the journey to that's been tough but beautiful.
0: I remember when you did like the social media purge and you were just like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna take a break. And I think that's another level of identifying a pressure point. When you took that social media break, what did you learn from that? And now slowly coming back into it and integrating it back into your daily life. Mm. How how do you regulate it? Because it can become one of those things that takes over.
1: Oh yeah. I, the the pressures of social media, to be honest, are I was like the Snapchat king and I was, you know, <laughs> oh, all those know, things. we remember. And I was really good at it. It was I mean, really fun. Yeah. It was fun. And I don't I don't really regret it. But, it yeah. All like I had fun during that, but like I don't ever want to do that again. Yeah. It was it was right for when it was, but it was like, mm-hmm. I realized, mm-hmm. and then I realized, okay, I don't want to be on there with my dog all the time. And I just want to be with my dog. I don't want my dog to be a, a social media star. I just want to be with my dog. Like, that's one thing I get, you know, as a private, I'm a very private person, really, even though I used to be all over that stuff. I'm a super private person. So, you know, like to just have my dog and you know, that's just for me and our relationship and started to really take back some of the, the personal parts of my life so I could create deeper and I could be there for myself more and for my fans more. And you know, just I think with the phone thing, it's still to this day, you know, those pressures creep in sometimes you have to you have to check yourself. Like you could put a two hour time limit on all your social media apps or you can put a one hour time limit, whatever. I'm about to like I have mine on two hours, I'm about to put mine to to one hour. Okay. To tomorrow. Because two hours isn't that long once you tie them all together. Yeah. But I start feeling a tightness in my chest, like after scrolling for a little bit, I'll start feeling anxious because you just start mm. feeling the pressures of all the different things.
2: Well, I think that that's so incredible. And I think even just this conversation is so important right. to so many people as we're all trying to figure out what that looks like in our own lives. And mm-hmm. you said something about therapy being tools. Yeah. And, mm. it's, and that is what it is. That's, oh, yeah. you know, It's so much of giving people tools to yeah. Deal with whatever that
0: might be because everybody's going to need different things. Yeah. And you mentioned Edgar. So I yeah. have to bring this up because we thank all of our dogs at the end in our credits. Yeah. yeah. They're all of our emotional support animals. Yes, <laughs> so yes. they're all mentioned. So how is Edgar? He's good. Everything's good.
1: Yeah. Okay. He's just good. enjoying retirement. He's like, a, he doesn't have to be in photos anymore. <laughs> he's and, like,
0: I'm cool, dad. And,
1: and like sometimes fans sure. are like, is he, did Edgar die? I was like, no, he's great. He's just with like, he's just no longer going to be in post. But he's just with me, oh, and uh, he's great.
2: Okay, so the second little taste of your next album is yearning for more of the simple things yeah. in life. A song called "Want That Back." Can you yes. tell us more about that one?
1: Yeah, that's a that that is a really special song. I wrote this song in the middle of the night. At I wrote the chorus at about three a.m. This song like pretty much jumped me out of bed and pulled me out of bed. Like it was so powerful. Like I had the I, I had the chorus. This was like pretty heavy into the the quarantine times, into the you know heavy pandemic, a lot of violence and hate in the world, and all these different things. I just started to feel the weight on my shoulders, and I was like, man, I just I was just trying to find um, comfort in things that I knew were tried and true in my life to you know kind of lean into. Like, and so I had this chorus that said, "The smell of old wood bleachers and the word of hometown preachers. Being rich was her and a cheap six pack, the shine of a new summer." barefoot baseball with my brother first time freedom with the windows crack i want that back and it was like i had that chorus like in the middle of the night and it was so strange and i i went and I recorded it i put it down and i was so excited i was like pacing uh, and, like I in bet. the bathroom like back <laughs> and forth like and um, because I was excited I, was like, I could not wait to write the rest of that and I just got you oh. got to capture that
0: okay well where's this album when are we getting
1: it that's a great question got in it I'm uh, pretty far in um, I, or at least I have a lot of the songs and so it'll be out this year for sure I don't know what date but I know that as soon as I can get it that's where it'll be yeah, we'll be waiting. Yes.
2: Your only tour dates so far for 2022 are in Europe. Yes. Do you have any plans to tour the U.S.? <laughs> you know we are going <laughs> to ask this question.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I sure, I sure can't sit on my couch for another year and not do anything. <laughs> so I will definitely, I'm, I'm looking to do something like that. I'll say that. Okay. But yeah, I, I would say it's, there's a good chance I'll be touring.
2: We Bye. always talk about taking road trips. Come on.
0: Listen, you get those dates scheduled, and we are there, Brett. Thank you so much for stopping by today and spending the time with us. You know, this conversation was really important and we're so grateful that you shared it with us here.
1: Thank you.
2: Ray Charles, man, the influence in his music, the soul, the gospel mixed with the R&B riffs and the country swing and twang was everything. Like it's unmatchable. That is Blanco Brown talking about Ray Charles, who this year will be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame.
0: Ray is already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but the mark that he made on country music at the time is hard to even quantify. We're going to do our best as we rediscover the country music connections of Ray Charles. Ray Charles was born in Albany, Georgia in 1930. He learned to play the piano at age five. He was actually born with sight, but started losing it at age six, probably due to glaucoma. And he was completely blind by the time he was seven.
2: Ray was a champion of civil rights. In 1961, he refused to play a venue in Augusta, Georgia, after learning it was segregated. He willingly paid the $757 it cost him for breach of contract, and he refused to play another show in Augusta until it was desegregated.
0: It was 1962, at the height of the civil rights movement, that Ray took a risk releasing his groundbreaking album, Modern Sounds in Country and Western, an album of mostly country music covers considered a landmark project in American music right, but
2: this was not Ray Charles adding a fiddle and banjo to his band. He took these tunes and put his own spin on them, taking them in a completely opposite direction from the original. They had more of a big band sound. Take, for instance, his cover of Hank Williams' classic, Hey, Good Lookin'.
1: Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me?
0: Ray had an A&R guy that worked with all of the big publishing houses in Nashville to pull all the songs for him. He listened to about 250 songs.
2: (laughs) Well, gosh, no wonder there was a volume one and two. He had a lot to choose from.
0: Yeah, he did. His crossover success with this project helped further the integration of country, R&B, and pop, which, of course, is so prevalent today with hip-hop thrown in.
2: In an interview with Rolling Stone, Ray said that the words of country songs are very earthy, like blues. They don't dress them up, they're honest, and tell it like it is. The biggest hit off
0: that album was undoubtedly, I Can't Stop Loving You. I can't stop
1: loving you. I've
3: made up my mind.
2: Yes, that one's been certified gold for sales of a
0: half a million copies. Listen, if anyone ever doubted Ray Charles's country music cred, he did a duet with Clint Eastwood for the Any Which Way You Can soundtrack called Beers to You. If that's not a country music song, I don't know what is.
1: <laughs> Let's set him up, my compadre. Bar stool to bar stool, Shoulder to shoulder. All right.
0: You. Ray befriended many country artists, including Willie Nelson, over his career, which led to his 1984 album Friendship. And that included songs with Hank Jr., the Oak Ridge Boys, Merle Haggard, and Ricky Skaggs. But the biggest hit from the album was his duet with Willie Nelson on Seven Spanish Angels.
2: Willie Nelson actually had the song on hold first, but Ray was working on an album with famed country music producer Billy Sherrill. Billy wanted it for Ray,
0: and he is the one who decided the best thing to do was make a duet out of it. Fun fact, Ray could not only play chess, but he could play chess well, and he once beat Willie Nelson three times in a row. He made Willie play in the dark. Oh,
2: gosh, (laughs) I love that. Oh, that reminds me. That album also gave us the song I Didn't See a Thing with George Jones and Chet Atkins. His country music connection stayed strong throughout his life. He placed eight songs on the country singles chart, and he even did a CMT Crossroads in 2002 with fellow Georgian Travis Tritt.
0: And contemporary Black artists continue to cite Ray as an influence. Britney Spencer calls him a Southern legend.
2: Oh, my gosh. I love Ray Charles, and I feel like I've talked about him so much in the past when people ask me how a girl from Baltimore fell in love with country music. And I tell them, I say, man, it's the same thing Ray Charles said. I fell in love with the storytelling. It really connected with me because I understood that. And uh, I mean, I, I love Ray Charles, just the, the versatility of his catalog. It warms my heart to watch people recognize just how much of a Southern legend he is. And honestly, would we even have Willie Nelson's version of Georgia on my mind? If not for Ray Charles taking it to number one in 1960, I think not.
0: <laughs> Rediscover Ray Charles and his legendary music, including Modern Sounds in Country and Western, Volume 1 and 2, on Amazon Music. Well, our time today is up, but next week we have Carly Pierce on the podcast. I cannot wait to talk to her about her amazing 2021 and so many other good things coming for her this year in 2022, including touring with Kenny Chesney you know what, I'm going to bring the wine because we may keep her here for a Let's while. Let's
2: do that. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> In the weeks ahead, we have a pair of super fans to introduce everyone to. They met through their shared love of Kelsey Ballering
0: Me. And I want to catch up with one of our country music mom friends. So be listening for a new edition of Family Tree, where we chat with the relatives of the country music stars and we get the real scoop. From those that know them best. Plus, we'll rediscover segments on Martina McBride and Brooks and Dunn, as well as Linda Martell, the first Black woman to ever play the Gran Opry.
2: And we need all of you to help spread the word about this podcast to all of your country music loving friends. Share it, follow it, rate and review it. We are growing every week and want to invite everyone into our Country Heat family.
0: We need a Country Heat street team, a hype squad. Yes. Let's make that happen. <laughs> Our burning question this week is a little goofy. We have to credit our friends at Sony Music Nashville. So if you could have been born in any other decade, which one would it be and why? We start with
2: Brett Eldridge's answer to the question.
1: 50s. Really, why? Rat Pack. Bat Tracks. Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin. (gasps) Yeah. Sinatra.
2: Just plug you right in there. Let's go. We're going to work our way through the calendar with answers from Ryan Hurd, Morgan Wade, Nico Moon, and then Chris Young and Mitchell Tenpenny. The 50s or 60s to be born, then you get to be a teenager when the
3: Beatles were massive. That would have been awesome.
2: I'd have to say like the 70s, just because Elvis was alive and it seemed like a, a really great time for music.
1: I would choose the decade I was born in, the 80s, because I got to grow up being a 90s kid and that was so much fun. Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson. So I'm very, very fortunate that I was born when I was. Hmm. I mean, I'm pretty happy in the decade I was born in
0: because. Yeah,
1: the 90s were were great. But uh, if I would, it'd be back before like anything, like cowboy, like 1800s. Yeah. But I think I'd be like horseback, no social media, no television, radio, 1880. Somewhere like that, you know, guns a blazing.
0: No good dentists. Yeah. <laughs> Someone needs to cast Mitchell in 1883. <laughs>
2: Weekly is a collaborative production between Amazon Music and Nevermind Media.
0: Executive producer is Melissa Locker. Senior producer
2: is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Tim Einenkel. Production assistance from Annie Reuter and Debbie Daughtry.
0: Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. Additional music from Madeline McCormack. The Amazon Music team includes Nathan Brackett, Emily Cullen, Chris Graham, Michelle Kammerer, Eliza
2: Mills, Morgan Jones, and Raymond Roker. Development consultant, Michelle Dix.
0: Additional production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Abby, Jake, Edgar, and all the other very good dogs out there.
2: Be sure to find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop.